Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Now, I didn't get those words out of my mouth till that mother whirled that child's in this beginning of this seizure, epileptic seizure, pointed to the child and said, Satan, take your head off my child. I'm walking in love. God's my witness, my wife's a witness, that woman's a witness. Fast you can snap your finger, that seizure stopped, that epileptic seizure stopped. Just that fast. That fast. That fast. You know, tell you the real truth, of course we have to pray. We do pray for people because we got too many baby Christians and then others that order no more and don't know better. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan as he talks about the most important message you will ever hear. It's something like the old boy, you know, wrote a love letter to his wife, to his girlfriend. And he said, I'd climb the highest mountain. I'd wade the deepest river. I'd swim the largest ocean. If it don't rain, say, then I'll come to see you. Oh, he's trying to tell how much he loved her. <laughs> Amen. You know, Christians are that away. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, yes, sir. Not anything I wouldn't do for him. If it don't rain Sunday, I'll go to church. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about love, but you don't see much of it. I said you don't see much of it. That's a sad thing. Amen. What am I going to do, this woman said. I said, act like you would if you did love her. Because you do. Well, a few nights later, she came around to my wife and said, I've invited my mother-in-law and my two sisters-in-law and their husbands over to the house. See, this is a church meeting, and we ran it several weeks. We, we took Saturday off, Saturday's rest day. Friday night after church, would you and Brother Hagin come? Well, my wife said, ordinarily, Brother Hagin doesn't do things like that, but I'll ask him anyway. And she did, and I was led to the Lord to go, so we went. And she slipped around and said to me, said, you're exactly right. These folks are wonderful people. I don't, I don't hate any of them. I was letting my flesh dominate me. Now, here's a sequel that's a, that's, that'll work for you just as well as it did for her. See, we had met this young couple. Oh, I'd say this 30 years old. He might have been 32 and she is 30 years old. We had met him, actually, I guess the first time, uh, two or three years before then. I, I had preached a, uh, a convention for this uh, full gospel denomination. And then I'd met him at another convention that I'd spoken to. And, and I didn't really know they had any children, but when we were there at home, we found out that they had three children. The youngest one is three years old, a little past three, between three and four, three years old. Uh, a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. And we found out that that little girl had epilepsy. Now, for the first two years of her life, she's perfect. Every time she's examined by the pediatrician, they're just fine. And after she had got into her third year, past the second year, she began to have epileptic seizures. And uh, they had gone to, uh, now they lived in, in Oregon, well, part of the time in Oregon, and just across the river there in Vancouver. And... Uh, they finally took the child down to Los Angeles. Other doctors recommended this. Doctor said, in fact, he's the world's number one specialist on epilepsy. In fact, he doesn't do anything else except treat. People come to him from all over the world with epilepsy. And after he ran brainwave tests on the child and so on, he said, in 38 years of practice, this is the worst case of epilepsy I've ever seen. 
Well, they can give them medication that'll cause them, it won't keep them from having the, the, the seizures, but it'll make them lighter. So the child's on medication. Of course, we're preaching faith and healing. They're trying to believe God for the healing of that little girl. And so uh, after this night there, the next week, we were getting ready to go to church and the phone rang, we were in a motel and this was this mother, this woman I'm talking about now, on the phone. And she said, I know Brother Hagin don't do that, but would you on the way to church run by here because this child's going into this preliminary attack and then into a seizure. They're trying to believe God. Would you come by here and pray for the child? Well, my wife said, I don't know whether he will or not because he don't do that unless God tells him, but the Lord told me to. So I said, tell her we'll be around there in about 10 minutes, really, but very far out of her way on the way to church anyway. And so we got in the car and started. My wife and I are the only persons in the car. We were sitting in the front seat. But to me, it was just as real as though someone was sitting in the back seat. And yet I know it wasn't uh, audible, yet to me, that's the way it sounded. It's like somebody sitting in the back seat speaking to me. Because my wife never heard it. Because I asked her a lot of times, did you hear that? No, I said, I never heard anything. And I thought she heard it. I've been standing with a group of preachers, four or five ministers of the gospel. And the Lord spoke to me and I asked them. I said, did you all hear that? They said, no, we, we didn't hear anything. But she is surreal to me. I thought they heard it. I thought it was audible. You ever stop thinking about in the Old Testament when uh, the prophet was saying, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, well, sometimes there were other people present. He wouldn't have to tell them what the Lord said if they all heard it. It wasn't audible that it came to him, and yet it's surreal to him that he thinks it is. So it's just like somebody sitting in the back seat said, uh, don't pray for the child. Don't lay your hand on the child. Don't anoint the child with oil. Say to the mother, mother, under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, I promised Israel, you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments, do that which is right in my sight, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days you'll fulfill. Paraphrasing that in New Testament language, I said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. You say to the mother, mother, then under the new covenant, keeping the commandment, the one commandment of love, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days you'll fulfill. So say to the mother, mother, say to Satan, Satan, I'm walking in love. Take your hand off my child. Now, I didn't get those words out of my mouth till that mother whirled that child's in this beginning of this seizure, epileptic seizure, pointed to the child and said, Satan, take your hand off my child. I'm walking in love. God's my witness. My wife's a witness. That woman's a witness. Fast you can snap your finger. That seizure stopped. That epileptic seizure stopped. Just that fast. That fast. That fast. You know, tell you the real truth, of course we have to pray. And we do pray for people because we got too many baby Christians and then others that order no more and don't know better. But tell you the real truth about it, we ought to, older Christians ought to get to the place they never need prayer, never get in the healing line, never have hands laid on them, never be in order with oil. If you'd ever learned to walk in love, you wouldn't even be sick to begin with. And if you were, if Satan did attack you, just tell him, take your hand off of me, I'm walking in love. Yeah, but somebody said, I haven't been walking in love. She hadn't either. Just a few days before, she said, I hate my mother-in-law and didn't feel right toward her, but she's got it straightened up. Thank God you can get over and back into love. If you get out, you can get back. Now, I never thought of that before. That came as revelation to me. I knew in the Old Testament what God said, but now you think about it. I never said that to anybody before. 
what the Lord said to me. Let's check up and see if that's scripture. What do you say? Why don't you turn back with me in your uh, Bibles and let's just look. Now understand this is to Israel all right, but then we'll tie it in with us. Let's turn first to Exodus, the 15th chapter, and read the 26th verse. If you don't have your Bible, write this down, take notes on it, and then look it up later. Mark these verses in your Bible. If you can't write in your Bible, throw it away. <laughs> Buy one of ours back there. You can write me. Now notice. 26th verse of the 15th chapter of Exodus. And said, this is what God said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now that's King James translation. It's a little blind to us due to this fact that God is not. See, we read the rest of the Bible. He's not the author of diseases. See, he doesn't directly put sickness or disease on anybody. Are you listening to me? Now see, you can see that in the case of Job. He didn't put sickness on Job. He permitted the devil to do it. See, it's not commission, it's permission. Dr. Robert Young and other Hebrew scholars point out that in the Hebrew, see in the English, you don't have any, any verbs permissive, or they didn't have it in the Hebrew, so they translated it in the causative sense. Besides that, just stop and think about it a little bit and you can see exactly what God's saying here. It's not that he's the agent. Now for instance, here, you see the, the legislature, state, and, and, and national pass laws, or the city. They've got speed zones here, 35 miles an hour. Or the city commission may zone a certain place, you see, or whatever. Well, you violate that city commission, doesn't come out and put you in jail. See, God passes the law. In that sense, he puts it on you. But he passes the law, but he doesn't do it. The devil comes and gets you and arrests you. So it isn't that God directly does it because he doesn't put sick. After all, he doesn't have any sickness. Where would he get it? So a better translation would be, Dr. Young suggests that. Young is the author of Young's Analytical Greek and Hebrew Concordance. And he suggests that in a book he had, and incidentally, it's out of print. Anyway, he suggested that this should be translated, I will permit none of the diseases upon thee which I permitted upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now turn over to uh, the 23rd chapter of Exodus, and notice the 25th and 26th verses. Now this is talking about Israel, of course, you know. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. Now you see, that's symbolic also. He didn't mean that's all they'd ever have to eat would be bread and water, did he? No, he just simply means that my blessing will be upon your food. I'll bless your food. I'll bless your bread and water. And I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee. Well, if sickness was taken away from the midst of them, they wouldn't even be sick then, would they? I said, wouldn't it? I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land. Well, if they're not sick, then they won't never die, would they? No. The number of thy days I will fulfill. So can you see, now turn to the seventh chapter of Deuteronomy, but can you see that Israel, under their covenant God made with them, had the potential, had the possibility of living their full length of time out down here below on this earth without sickness and without disease, hallelujah, and fulfill the number of their days. Didn't have that possibility. How did it come about? 
by walking in God's Word, in other words, by keeping His commandments. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. If you'd like to find more life-changing resources, then visit rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer. When you call or go online, you'll be able to purchase Kenneth E. Hagan's two-CD series, In Him, and Ken Hagan's series, Forget Not. Purchase these two CD series at the discounted price of $19.95 and receive the mini-book, In Him, free with this offer. All these resources are $19.95. That's a $10 savings. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Well, honey, March 29th through the 31st, we're going to be in a living faith crusade there in Murrieta, California, at West Coast Life Church. That's right. Pastors Ray Jean and Beth Wilson, if you're in that area or if you're not in that area, come and travel yeah. and, and be a part of that crusade. Be a part of that crusade. Yes. It's going to be great. Uh, and awesome. then we're going to jump up to Las Vegas, right? That's right. We're going to go April 1st through the 3rd, Word of Life Christian Center. There's with Pastors David and Vicki Sharon. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. You know, we've been having some great meetings, uh, great results. Great uh, healing testimonies. Yes, great healing testimonies. So come out. If you need healing, come to our crusade. Yeah, it's the the last night of of the the crusade crusade. is healing night. That's right. And come expecting, come believing. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagen's life-changing series, The Most Important Message You Will Ever Hear. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.